stand there with your arms around me But I can't feel you, it's kinda like a dream And then you walk out with another Lord, my jaw is for You're listening to the PCAST, presented by CDE Lightband. Each week we take you around Austin P, the Athletics Department, occasionally the OVC, thanks to our good friends at CDE. Thank you to our friends at CDE, and thanks to you, our listeners. I'm Colby Wilson. He is Casey Krieger. Welcome to the nation's top-ranked Austin P podcast that is slowly considering venturing back out into the world. Casey, how are you now? Good, and you? Not so bad. Um, I mean... Our pandemic-related discussions have not necessarily had wondrous overtones most of the last few weeks, but uh, there's with with Austin P announcing that we are planning to hold some classes or hold all classes on campus in the fall. It feels like a, a corner's been turned a little bit. Yeah, it's uh, it's not it's not over, but it's better than it was. I guess that's all we can really hope for. It is all we can really hope for. Around Austin P over the last couple of weeks since we last talked to you, um, we've had a limited version of the ESPYs go down this year. Uh, not your usual one filled with pomp and circumstance and everyone getting dressed up and having a great big time, but still something. And I think that, that would, I think it's important that we, I think it was important that we still had the ESPYs this year, even in a slimmed down and altered state. Yeah, it's fun to still give out some awards. It's fun to still give out some awards. Uh, handed out a couple of the big ones, particularly the Legends Award to uh, Savannah Amato uh, on the women's side. Who also and, picked up the Spirit Award. Who also picked up the Spirit Award. And also to Kyle Anderton on the men's side. Uh, two worthy recipients uh, who really personify everything that we're about at Austin P. Um, Govs Cup uh, went to track and field this year, uh, based on a whole bunch of criteria. It sure, it sure does help that they uh, they're they're pretty good in the classroom and they won a title. So probably closer than it would have been if we'd given them another shot at a title. Yeah, um, if they if they'd walked away with two titles or the potential for two titles, that would have been. Uh, I'll tell you what, I like their chances. I like their chances as well. In other hardware handy-out news from the last couple of weeks, uh, I don't know how it got... Well, I do know how it got kind of shunted to the side in the uh, pandemic occurred and everything is weird and weird. But... One final set of honors goes to the 2019 football team with Coach Mark Hudspeth earning Tennessee Sports Writers Association Coach of the Year and Cordell Jackson earning TSWA Player of the Year, respectively. Really thought we were probably done handing out honors to the uh, to the football program, but apparently not. Yeah, that trophy case is uh, it's it's filling up. It's not not a lot. It's it, overflowing. Not a lot of room left in there, and uh, a lot of those awards say Jackson and Hudspeth on them, so good to add another. You know, it's 
We're not that far removed from like barely scrounging one guy onto the OVC All Newcomer team. So now we're getting State Player and Coach of the Year and Consensus All Americans. We're we're in a good. We're in a better, much much better. We do, we deserve this. That seems a little strong, especially for you. You didn't. I I went through some suffering. Okay, I don't want to. We we won one game. In my first two years, or we didn't even win a game. My first years, we didn't win a game until my junior year of school. So I, which I know you. I know you have less wins than that when you were in school, but still. Actually, no, I don't. Uh, my sophomore. Oh, were you that good that year? Yeah, the, my sophomore year in school, they went seven and four, and I thought, oh, this is great. This is going to be what it is forever. And then I think between my last two years of school and my first four years of full-time work i think they won five games yeah see we didn't win my freshman or sophomore year we won we had the big big breakout year my junior year then we kind of went back a couple steps in my senior year but when i was a when i was a sophomore if you'd have told me i was going to come out of college with a i think close to a winning record in football i would have laughed at you i mean it's just it's a sign of the times the good times it's a good time it's a very good time um Let's let's talk about a little bit, a lot of bit of baseball. Do you want to talk about baseball on the home front or baseball abroad first? Let's talk about abroad, then we'll come back to what what's hopefully going to happen. Okay, so we've both been sort of hanging around the periphery of the Korean baseball organization, getting its rights picked up by ESPN, and we're sort of, I don't know, have you stayed up and watched a game yet i haven't watched a game i've seen some highlights um i have a team i picked the team me and the me and the boys conferred and picked the team together so we could all be on board i want to know who you guys picked and i want to know your rationale and then i will tell you the two that i am debating and we'll see if this lines up all right hold on i'll pull up so we were ta- so we picked the Doosan bears whoa that's way out of left field all right give me your give me your Doosan rationale so we were sitting there, we were talking about it, and I literally found the tweet where ESPN's going to air six KBO games. I was like, all right, guys, who, who are we rooting for? And Salah said LG Twins, and I was like, I don't know. I was kind of leaning deuce on because uh, we watched this show. It was, like, it was like Ultimate Survival of Alaska once, and the guys are walking through the mountains in Alaska. And like to keep the bears away, they would just like put their arms away up there and go, whoa, bear. Just whoa, bear, whoa, bear, over and over. Because apparently that scares the bears away. So we've kind of had that running joke where we would just yell whoa, bear for the past couple of years. So having the opportunity to root for the Doosan Bears gave us the chance to yell whoa, bear again. And uh, and then I read after that was then I found then ESPN published the article where it was like, oh, here's what you need to know about every team, and we started reading about it. And it said the Doosan Bears were one of the most analytically inclined teams in the league, which kind of was like, oh, we all like that. So, Well, that is an interesting – wouldn't have pegged you guys for Doosan. That's, Who that's would you have guessed we were going to pick? For you personally, and only because I keep seeing this comparison tossed about, but Kia. Or, uh, the Tigers? Yeah, the Tigers. Guangzhou? Yeah, why, why, why do you think that? Because they keep getting compared to the Reds. Oh, see, I haven't seen the comparison. I saw did not see them compare them to the Reds, but well, it's it's either it's either big red machine heyday Reds or 
90s Yankees. Okay. See, I've seen more of the Yankees, I think. Yeah. PA is the best team there are, aren't they, right now? Um, right now, they're... We saw and won the championship last year, actually. I felt like we found that out after we picked them. I want that to be announced. Who? Oh, Doosan? Yeah. Yeah, they're kind of... They're they're enjoying their Red Sox renaissance period after... They've got, like, the third most championships all time, though, I believe. Well, here's here's some, some notes of things that I've found. Which team did you pick? You're still in debate. I'm really having a hard time. Kia, I like for a couple of reasons. Um... They have the team eleven and zero. If if they make the championship series, they're winning it. They always have. Uh, they're. I don't know if you know, or if you found anything about the stadiums, but their their stadium, the entire outfield from pole to pole is a grass berm. You can just sit on like at the Sounds or in Williamsport. In 2011, uh, team employees discovered an abandoned dog living in the stadium, and he's just been living there ever since. They feed him, so I thought I thought that was fun. That is fun. That's a fun thing. I, I when you asked me this, I read a lot of stuff about all the KBO teams, but the other one I keep coming back to is um, Hanwa. Hanwa? Yeah, Hanwa. What's their nickname? I know more of the nicknames in the city. The Eagles, Dejan, they are a small market, periods of up and down, rabid fan base. Uh, Hunjin Ryu was uh, their biggest star, and selling him off probably kept the team afloat. Would you say the Oakland Athletics or the KBO? Uh. Kansas City Royals before the good times, like in that weird in in between time where they were starting to acquire talent, but were still uh, rancid uh, overall. See, we picked Doosan, but if someone had came out and said, "Hey, this is this team is literally the Oakland Athletics or the KBO," we probably would have had to go there. But I never saw that. Um, I mean, you can make this case. The city's uh, on the hook for trying to fixed the stadium it's one of the oldest in operation tiny market uh basically spent the last 20 years uh fighting the good fight to little or no avail constantly undermanned and also the the people who root for him are like ride or die will take a bullet for him oh so that might be the oakland athletic yeah i i think i think that's where i'm gonna go i think i'm gonna go with hanwa just because to pick, to pick Kia or to pick one of these teams, I, th- I thought about the Samsung Lions, but it just, like, those teams, it, if a Korean person wandered over here and decided to pick an MLB team and just pick the Yankees or the Red Sox, you'd be like, ah, don't, mm, mm. I don't like Okay, that. or the Dodgers. Like, yeah. So I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna ride pick with, a bad team. You have to lose for five years before you can enjoy baseball. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick, and I mean in 2018 they were an above 500 team. Now they were whew, 58 and 86 last year, but I think that's who I'm gonna ride with. All right, so Doosan and the Eagles. Yeah, Doosan's two and one. Lost the opener to the LG Twins and then uh, rattled off back to back. Can we get Dude, baseball tonight it, for the KBO? That's what I need. Baseball this morning. Um, The one that was supposed to come on right at midnight on opening day, uh, I watched 
Ravage and I guess it was Eduardo Perez for about a half hour leading up to it. I'm, if I'm going to stay up and watch a game, I hope it's Ed, or Ravage and Kyle Peterson, the guy that does college baseball, because I really like listening to him. And I don't really like listening to Eduardo Perez. Let's Now let's talk home front. Do you want to talk about realignment proposals or the plan to return? Uh, I don't know much about the plan to return, but we can talk about realignment. Well, every realignment proposal I've heard... Um, is weird and bizarre and doesn't doesn't I don't seem like, like the ten team divisions. I don't like the ten team divisions. I don't. I mean, I like that they move the Braves to the central and the Pirates to the east, just because I guess logistically it makes a little bit more sense. I like to play in the Pirates more than I like to play in the Braves for the Reds. That is. I mean, we could definitively answer the. Uh, Mike Soroka, Sonny Gray debate. I mean, we can pull up and I'll be the show right now and look at Mike Soroka as like a 72 overall card and Sonny Gray's a gold 81 or something, but whatever. I mean, we could also look at this uh, franchise player draft that my baseball prospectus colleagues are doing where uh, one guy just took Soroka at the tail end of the first round and nobody's even tossed Sonny Gray's name out there yet. What's your draft? Are they drafting a team for longevity or for one season? Uh, franchise, just... So you're building a franchise. You're going to pick the younger pitcher. Right now, Sonny Gray's better. I mean, other people have gone with older players. Whatever. Pick the, pick the Reds number four at the end of the first round. Doesn't seem, doesn't seem like the right choice. I assume Luis Castillo and Trevor Bauer are both off the board at that point. Should have been, at least. No. I'd say Castillo was. I'd say Bauer lasted longer, if I had to guess. Bauer seems like he has some real potential to burn out rather than fade away. The whole one-year contract thing worries me a little with him, but... Well, that was a dud on realignment. We don't like it, boo. We don't We don't like it. Don't just play... Just figure out something to play regular games. Here's, here's my thing with the travel and everything else and what I'm understanding about flights right now is, one, your typical domestic flight is getting the sort of scrub down in shiatsu that you would like to think they were getting anyway between every flight at the moment. So they're as clean as they're going to be. We'll now ramp that up to charters, which is what every team would fly on, which are clean to begin with and are definitely going to get even more of a scrub down now. And it feels like it's about as safe as it's likely to be. If anybody's going to have a safe flight, it's going to be... The Yankees getting on their plane to fly to. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm... Yeah, I'm still... I, I, I get that we don't want to travel too much, but it just seems seems like we're we're not focusing on the, the issue at hand there. But I think this proposal that the Players Association is supposed to get by the end of the week is like a 100-game season with regular games, regular travel, regular stadiums, just no fans. Yeah, uh... I think it's either that or I think they're gonna I think they're gonna institute scheduled double headers one a week. That we get more than a hundred games. Right. Uh it's still gonna be weird. I mean, people are equating it to the the ninety five season that started late because of the strike. I mean, they started late but they just sort of all right, well, those are lost games. We'll we'll get back to one sixty two next year. This is gonna be like trying to make up for it. Yeah, I mean, if you're starting July 1 or 
June 15 or whatever the the number winds up being, you're going to have to pack a lot in a short amount of time, and you're going to have to extend it into November, or extend the regular season into October, and the playoffs into November anyway. Which I think everybody's fine with, as long as we're playing. Oh yeah, I don't care if it takes till Christmas. This two-week spring training in June, which it's not going to take as long as regular spring training, because all these pitchers have been throwing for um, the past month and a half at home, and they're just going to show up, you know, get a couple games in, and we're ready to go by July 1. Yeah, I will be interested to see. I think that they will stay in shape, like you said. I know when we talked to Tyler Rogers, he was throwing into a net in his backyard, but I remember when the NBA came back from the lockout in 1999, and they tried to shoehorn 50 games into three months, and there were some guys who were fat, fat, fat. Yeah. So I will be very interested to see exactly how all of that goes down. Very interested. All right, well, we've already talked for 20 minutes, uh, which is 20 minutes longer than it feels like we should talk when nothing's happening. So we'll take a break and welcome in Jacob Freeze of the Austin B. Men's Basketball Program right after this. Jacob Freeze is not yet one of the big names in coaching. At Austin P as a graduate assistant, he's learning the craft and getting experience as he bides his time and waits for the first big break. It'll come soon, but for now, we're happy to have him with us, both at Austin P and here today on the podcast. Freeze, how you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me, Colby. Not a problem. Uh, obviously, you came to us from South Carolina, where you were part of the Final Four run a few years ago. Just tell me about that experience, because I don't get to talk to many people who went to a Final Four. Uh, yeah, the that experience is just, I mean, it's up there on memories in life for me. I mean, I started, I was a three-year manager at South Carolina. I started my sophomore year, and we weren't, we weren't that good. We, I think, might have had a losing record that year. Uh, well, we were right around 500, I want to say, and then my junior year, um, I stayed on and we made the NIT, thought we got snubbed from the NCAA tournament. So we we're kind of still building, still building. And then I'm not sure anybody knew that we were going to make it to the final four of my senior year. We knew we were an NCAA tournament team and it just kind of, it was almost like jump in the car and let's go for a ride. And those guys took me and, you know, all the other managers and staff and, of course, the players on a ride of a lifetime. Is there any one moment that sticks out to you more than others? One moment that really sticks out to me is against Florida in the Elite Eight when uh, we had a steal and threw it ahead to Chris Silva and he hammers it home, and I believe that was when we kind of said, all right, that's nail in the coffin. There was only maybe a minute left in the game, 
uh, you know, it was, it was a tight game down to the end. And when we threw it ahead, to, I think it was Dwayne Notice had a steal and threw it ahead to Silva. Um, called it, dunked it, and the Madison Square went nuts with Gamecock fans. And it was just one of the best feelings in the world. Just that kind of put the nail in the coffin and we knew we were headed to the Final Four. When did you know you wanted to be a coach? I want to say probably sophomore, junior year of college that I actually thought that um, that it's like something that I, that I really actually wanted to do. It's always kind of been in my head. My dad was a basketball coach at the high school level for 35 years. And so I've always been around it. Um, but it never really kind of hit me until – you know, sophomore year when I started to get around the South Carolina program as a manager. And I was like, yeah, this is something that, you know, gets me going. I love competition and I just want to be around it. Obviously, you're part of that pipeline that came from South Carolina and followed Coach Figure when he came to Clarksville. Tell me a little bit about that process and how he reached out to you and how you became involved with us. Uh, so I worked with Coach Figure for three years at South Carolina, obviously. And um, we had a, a good relationship, a manager-coach relationship uh, at the time. And then my year after I graduated, I went back home, coached high school ball for a year, taught high school PE. Um, and then Trace Huggins, who's now on staff, of course, followed Coach Fig and was the GA. Uh, Ryan McIntyre was also on that staff uh, that followed him. and then. When Trace finished his year out, uh, I kind of got a call that summer, a text from Coach Fig asking if if I wanted to join and be the, his next GA. And I was thrilled to have the opportunity. And I can't thank him enough for getting me on board here and for two fantastic years here in Clarksville. It seems like part of your work – a large part of your work is developing a rapport with individual players and helping them hone their game and kind of do some fine tuning. Is that a really rewarding part of your job where you get to kind of get down at a nuts and bolts level with these guys and really help craft them into better players? Absolutely. I think uh, GAs are kind of almost like a liaison in a way between the staff and the players. Um, you know, they we're also still students. So we kind of do the same things that the players do. We still go to class. I still kind of have that uh, mentality as students. And, but it's also a, a chance to build a relationship with them. We're in the locker room with them, you know, just messing around. That helps build that relationship. And they, they gain trust in, in us GAs. And it allows us to take it to the court. And, uh, you know, any time a guy wants to um, – you know, get in the gym, whether it be midnight, you know, they'll give one of us GAs a call and if they want some extra work, you know, maybe some film that they need to see that they want to, uh, you know, work on their individual game. They'll hit us guys up and, and we'll show it to them and, and get on the court and try to fix what they think they need to get better at or just even get stronger in certain aspects of their game. Last year, we beefed up the GA staff, added a lot of pieces around you, and it seemed like everybody had a very defined role. What is the role of the GAs in the structure 
that we have at Austin P because I think it's pretty unique. Yeah, so our GAs, um, it's almost like just being around to help do anything and everything. Um, you know, we, we rebound for the guys, getting drills. Uh, you know, if Coach Figger needs a practice player one day, that, that's one of us. Um, but we also handle film. Uh, we help trace some with, with some projects he has with operations and all that good stuff. Uh, my first year here, uh, I was, a, I like to say, the assistant strength coach with Coach Joe Cron. And I was in there every single day with him. Um, and so, again, that's another way that I've been able to build a relationship with our guys, just being in the weight room with them nonstop. Um, but our GAs, we've kind of all taken a certain role. Uh, you know, uh, Vinny, he's, he's become like kind of our workout guy. He gets our guys a lot of shots. Uh, me and Addy kind of handle um, a lot of the video and try to handle some of the stuff to help Trace out if he needs a little bit of help. Um, and, then, and then Coach Feck, Daniel Feck, he, uh, he's just kind of the all-around guy. Anytime, you know, you need somebody to be picked up or need an extra rebounder or Joe Cron needs some extra assistance, Feck's always flying around kind of helping everybody out. How valuable is it to have school paid for while you're also advancing your career? Oh, it's, it's crucial. It's very valuable. Um, I still remember the day that I was actually coaching high school ball and and teaching and I'd signed my contract and I went into HR to try to get out of my contract. And I, and I told the HR lady, I said, you know, I'm, I'm had this opportunity to kind of get back into college basketball and to get my master's paid for. And, she, I mean, she was just ecstatic for me. And that's, you know, I've always wanted to get into college ball and just having this, being able to get school paid for and, you know, also stay in the business. It's, I mean, it, I can't thank Coach Fig enough. He's He's been so helpful in this process. And, you know, hopefully it'll just help me stay in the business and, and continue my career. What hopes do you have for your career? Well, I, I mean, I just hope to be uh, a head coach one day. I don't know. I mean, there's that's putting it simple, obviously. It's a lot easier said than done, of course. But um, hopefully getting to that level one day, I, I'm hoping to take the next step here soon and just stay in the business and stay in college basketball for however long till till I reach that point. You're not just a basketball guy. You're a huge baseball fan, Huge Braves fan, which I have mad respect for. Um, how much does this – well, hold on. Let me ask a different question first. Did you stay up the other night until like 3 a.m. to watch the KBO to get your baseball fix? I did not. I tried to. I couldn't either. How much does this suck right now? Awful. This is – this is. I mean, I had to get my fix just by watching the, the part of the 95 series while I could while I was back home uh, last week. And, I mean, it's, it's brutal for me because, you know, baseball is a day-in, day-out sport. You have something to watch every single night. And so not having that right now, it's, I mean, having, not having any sports in general is pretty bad. But when you have something that you plan on watching every single night and it's not there, I mean, it's, it's brutal. 
yeah, this is this the the loss of sports has really sucked the life out of everything. Uh, absolutely, yeah. It's I, I'm still waiting. I, I mean, I saw the other day. I'm sure you did too. That they said they they may be combining all divisions and making it three division league: AL, NL East, AL, NL Central, and the AL, NL West. And they for some reason they put the Braves in the Central, but I'm not complaining about that. Stay away from the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Rays and the Phillies and the Nationals. For some reason, they switched the Pirates and the Braves. I'd take that. I think I'd take that. Absolutely, especially if playoff implications are involved. What is your favorite word? Favorite word? Yep. I don't know. That's a, I mean, I've never really, one of my favorite words is, is jabroni. I know that. <laughs> That's a good. Uh, that's a good description for some people I know. What is your least favorite word? I don't really have a least favorite word. I know I, there's always. I have so many friends that complain, like when they hear a word and just cringe. I don't. That doesn't. I don't have that. Who or what inspires you? My friends and family. My family. My my mom and dad. Um, just how they've they've worked their entire life. They're still working at the age of 65 and 64 and they've just shown me kind of how to do it. And it, that inspires me to just continue to do the same. What's the last book you read for fun? Well, I'm almost done right now with, uh, red and uh, red and me, I believe is the name of it. It's about red hour back and Bill Russell's relationship with in the Boston Celtics written by Bill Russell. Um, the last one I finished is called The Carolina Way, Dean Smith and kind of how he had his teams rolling and the way he handled things. It was more off the court than on the court, uh, kind of how his leadership abilities handled their team and their program. And aside, since you mentioned Dean Smith, you've been watching The Last Dance, right? Of course. You notice Dean Smith coaching in a tie, like coaching practice and everything in a tie? Yeah. Are you guys going to bring that back, like in place of the place of the sweats and everything, going to start coaching in shirt and tie? No, no shot, no shot. I'm even. I was just excited to get here, and uh, when uh, Addison Holland, one of our GAs, came from Western Kentucky, and he was wearing a suit at Western Kentucky as uh, manager and GA, and he said, "Dude, what? We're wearing a we're wearing a pullover and a polo on the sideline." I said, "Absolutely." He was thrilled. What is your worst habit? Uh, biting my fingernails. What app on your phone gets the most use? Twitter. What's the most terrifying situation you've ever found yourself in? I don't know. When we went to Bush Gardens last year for our uh, Tampa trip, and I was on the top of the extreme drop with Trace Huggins and Ryan McIntyre, and we were both sitting there, and we were 250 feet up in the air. I looked at him and I said, I don't think this is a good idea, but it was too late. They had already strapped me in, and I was up. What is your idea of happiness? One quick idea is just being on the beach with some family and friends, just sitting in a chair. But overall, I think my happiness is just every day, just having a positive attitude and having a good outlook on life. I mean, I like to think that I'm a happy person, and that's what kind of keeps me going is just always having a, a positive outlook and being excited for the next thing. What is your idea of misery? Uh, not having sports. 
That's been a popular answer here the last few weeks. So we might, I might actually take that last answer back and, uh, instead of being happy right now, maybe I am miserable. What makes you self-conscious? When people stare at me and I wonder why they're staring. What is the most embarrassing song you love? Uh, the entire Justin Bieber, My World 2.0 album. And I can sing them word for word. How would you prefer to die? That's actually one of my biggest fears is death. So I don't like thinking about it. I guess I would, I want to go when I'm old and I'm in my sleep. If you were reincarnated, what would you like to come back as and why? I would love to be a bald eagle. I just want to fly and be able to go place to place, you know, and, and travel. What might prompt you to lie? If I'm caught in a tough situation, I guess. <laughs> what makes you hopeful? Reading the Bible and, and just having hope and, and faith. What is our purpose in life? Good Lord, Colby. <laughs> We're getting deep here. We're getting deep as deep. Uh, say the question again. What is our purpose in life? What is our purpose in life? To, uh, I like to think that it's to believe in our Savior and help make the world a better place and help, having, help create followers of Christ Jesus. Regardless of who it is, what's one question you'd like to ask the next guest? What their plan is, not only as their career and job after they leave here Clark, in Clarksville, no matter when it is, but what their plan is with their life and, uh, and, and who they're with and their job as well, um, and see where it goes. That's a lot deeper than the question Elliot McCummings had, which is, what's your favorite movie? <laughs> Come on, Elliot. <laughs> My favorite movie would be Remember the Titans. That's a good one. I was, expect I was expecting something basketball with you, maybe either Hoosiers, Coach Carter. Those are two really solid choices, but Remember the Titans, it's just the fact that it's true and, and they uh, overcome – racial issues and then still win a state title and it i mean it gives me chill bumps every single time i watch it that's a good choice it's a good choice well freeze i appreciate you taking the time today man really appreciate uh just getting an opportunity to talk to you i hadn't talked to you in a while and uh hopefully we'll get through the other side of this pretty soon and i will see you down the road absolutely colby i appreciate you having me on appreciate it freeze Thanks to Freeze for coming on and uh, being an interesting topic discusser and overall good steward of Austin P. Basketball. Um, Casey, what else? 
uh, NFL draft was last week, and we didn't get to record, but uh, your Raiders followed their uh, their their M.O. and picked a fast guy. Long-standing tradition of fastest player available. Uh, it's never worked, not one time. It's it, I, We were sitting here, my dad, and I was watching the draft with my dad, and everybody was like, yeah, the Raiders probably need a receiver here, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, Judy and C.D. Lamb, still on the board. Maybe Justin Jefferson, if they like him. Definitely got to be one of those guys. My dad goes, they're going to pick Ruggs. He runs a 4-2. And I was like, wait, what? He's like, they're going to pick Ruggs. He runs a 4-2. I guarantee it. And then I was like, no, there's no way they pick him over Judy or Lamb. Sure sure enough, the Raiders pick Henry Ruggs the third, and my dad nailed that one. It's pretty incredible that they're still just straight following the Al Davis playbook of fastest guy available, and Al's been dead for a decade now almost. Yeah, but Gruden and what? Is it, his son's running the team, right? Him and Gruden, though, I mean, they, they're doing whatever old Al wanted. They I thought Mike Mayock was there to stop that and make there be an actual adult in the room. <laughs> nope. Nope. Pick the fast guy. Fast guy and pick the Clemson guy. Pick the Clemson guy. Pick the Clemson guy is fine. I am I'm 100% on board with pick the Clemson guy. That seems... Every, everybody wants to be the one who unearths the small school gym, but... How about, how about Belichick going Lenore Ryan? with his first pick of the draft. School's done. Yeah. I'm I'm rather hopeful that my school is actually done because I've still not heard back about my thesis and its ability to be completed. I think it's complete. I'm pretty sure it's complete. I've made all the changes I was asked to make. Well, that's good. Yeah. I finished school yesterday. I start new class. I didn't finish school. I finished classes yesterday. I start new ones on Monday, which is just the best. Yeah, I've got to decide if I want to go start taking some master's history classes to beef up my resume to go do uh, a PhD somewhere along the way. As soon as I finish this master's, I will be I'll be taking a hiatus from school after. 23, 24 years of it. I like learning. Not enough to do it forever, but I like yeah, it. Yeah, but you, you finished school and took a couple years off before you went back, didn't you? I took a year off, and it's probably disingenuous to say that I've exactly been killing myself the last couple of years to whatever it is with my thesis. Yeah, I finished the undergrad and went immediately into the master's, so no, no break. The Murder Hornets thing is i mean we are we're entering biblical times here we got i think i'd rather have the locust we got a pandemic uh, apparently the aliens are around now murder hornets really not looking forward to what june has in store did you see the video of the japanese bees how they attack a murder hornet i did see that that was awesome yeah that was fun i i enjoyed that a lot i put, i enjoyed it a lot more than i'm sure the murder hornet did for being nicknamed a murder hornet, he sure did not look like a murder hornet in that. Well, he had one of the little bees down, and uh, I guess was murder horning, horneting away, and then, boom, gang tackle from all directions. Tackled by a, a host of Japanese bees. I don't want to ever see a murder hornet. Well, they're coming this way, bud, so... Yeah. I guess hole up for the summer. NASCAR and UFC planning to return with no fans this weekend... 
you grew up around NASCAR in so much as Bristol's right there. You've been to a bunch of races. What do you think it's going to be like to not have fans in a NASCAR event? I don't think it'll affect the drivers or the race at all. But it's weird because the Bristol race is as much a party as it is a race. It's a, it's a festival because you show up outside the track and there's music and vendors and there's people giving out samples and handing this stuff out and selling stuff. And I mean, all around the track, there's just, you can spend an entire day out there and not even go to the race. What about, what about UFC? Because I know that's something that they're starting up similar to, I guess, how WWE is doing it where they're at their training facility. Uh, Similar to NASCAR, I don't think it affects the product any, but like... I've been to Vegas on one of the fight weekends, and like a big fight weekend, and it is ridiculous. The I think the fans have more of an impact on a UFC fight than a NASCAR race, because the ring walk, you get all hyped up, and then like, obviously if you're if you're beating a guy, you're gonna get gonna get loud, and people are gonna be cheering, but like, I think it'll be fine. Like, it's not like college football without fans would be a completely different sport. Maybe a basketball game without fans, completely different sport. But, like, UFC, yeah, it'll be a little different. But I think the product will still be the same. One guy beating the snot out of another guy doesn't change with people in the stands. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Hopefully there's some good fights to watch. What is your Barry Bond stat that you found that you like to share with the group? From 2001 to 2004, Barry Bonds is flash line in the 181 games that he did not have a hit. Batting average, zero. Uh, On-base percentage, 414. Then uh, slugging, zero, obviously, because no hits. In 2001, Barry Bonds had 47 hitless games, 337 on-base. 2002, he had 44 hitless games, 424 on-base, 4 on-base. 2003, 36 hitless games, 37% on base. And then 2004, he had 54 hitless games to get on base, 50.7% of the time in those games. (laughs) Oh, oh, wait. Those 181 games where he didn't have a hit from 01 to 04? Eight RBIs. Listen, we can debate the steroids. What did they give to Barry Bonds? What shield of invincibility? Did it provide him and everything else? But that's just, that's cartoonish. When Remy sent the stat, the original comment in the group message was, but everybody knows steroids makes you, a, makes you have a better eye and a better hitter. Well, not even that. I mean, just the people just did not want to deal with him. Just, you know what? Yeah, let's walk, let's intentionally walk the bases loaded. Whoever's hitting behind Bonds. Not as dangerous as Bonds. Let's walk in a run. We've got. We, it's better to give up one run on a walk. He had a four-one-four on base percentage, and he didn't get a hit in those in those games. That is, I mean, that's the most insane stat I've ever heard. Someone needs to show that one to the old people at the BBWAA. But all they're gonna want to know is, well, what's his batting average? What's his RBI? The best home run hitter and the best hits person in all of baseball not being in the Hall of Fame is a problem. The Bonds thing for me, and I'm I'm one of the few people, I think, who feels this way. I don't care that Roger Clemens isn't in the Hall of Fame. I think you and I have had this discussion a couple of times. I don't care if Clemens isn't in the Hall of Fame because I think 
you can kind of do a direct through line to his career was flagging in Boston. And then all of a sudden he goes to Toronto and is reinventing himself as this amazing uh, pitcher with this completely remade body. And None of it would like bother me because everybody was doing it. Uh, sure, yes, no, maybe. I don't know. I think you can kind of look through some of the people of that era and there are some that look... The guys who just aged like you're supposed to age, I I tend to have a higher thought of. Like, King Griffey Jr. got hurt and got old and got fat. That's how it's supposed to go. Oh, yeah. That's that's what you're supposed to be doing as you reach your late 30s as a high-level athlete. Tear every muscle in your knee for the seventh time. Yeah. It just didn't go that way with Bonds, and it definitely didn't go that way with Clemens. I just I, I just want Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens in the Hall of Fame, and if I just get Bonds, I'll take it, because Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. If you take away everything, if you take away the time frame that we know about when those two allegedly started using their performance-enhancing drugs. Clemens, I I hesitate to call borderline, but you at least got to make an argument. You, you'd have to sway me that, okay, at that point he's a Hall of Famer. Bond's a Hall of Famer. If he, if he, if he never did anything after 1998, he's a Hall of Famer. He should be in the Hall of Fame just for these just wild stats you can find about him, like like that, like the one I just. You look at the when they moved in, into uh, whatever they call that ballpark now. I mean Oracle, just like the basketball arena. Bonds doing the splashdown in McCovey Cove was routine, and nobody hits home runs out to right there, and he did it three times a week. I mean, like it was his job. Yeah, well, I mean, it was his job. But also, like he was a a god among men, essentially. Well, he was. Yeah, pretty much. Well, we'll save the uh, sack leadership announcement for next time since Combs hasn't got back to me yet. Great job, Combs. Uh, Come on, Ryan. As for your community service stuff, um, as communities slowly begin to reopen, um, remember if you go out and are packing up meals or anything, anything to make the world a little bit better place. Log that stuff with Haley Meyer so you can uh, get that for all your Govs Cup points for next year. Um, if you haven't done so yet, uh, classes, sign up. I know this is all very odd right now, but still keep in touch with your academic advisors so they can help you out with that. Speaking of getting in touch and staying in touch. Casey, how do people do that via web and social media? Well, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Go P, or you can follow along on Facebook on our official account called Austin P. Governors. Um, I, think that's, I think that's it. You can follow us on Let's Go P.com too. Yeah, you can follow us on Let's Go P.com for dates, news, and stories. Uh, dates, I guess, probably less important right at this very moment maybe we'll be announcing some dates soon hopefully that'd be cool that'd be pretty nice it'd be fun it would be fun as we slowly get back to normal you will want tickets those will be more different more more 
What what that structure looks like is TBD at the moment, but you will want those tickets, and you will need to get those from the ticket gurus. Our ticket gurus are going to be slinging those tickets. Going to be slinging them tickets. As for us, find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, or directly on the website at letsgop.com slash podcast. Give us a rating review on the podcast. Five stars, five stars. And if you'd like to suggest a guest, let us know of a local on-campus event we should shout out. Tweet us. I'm at CWilson225. He's at C underscore Craig19. Love yourself. Love each other. Wash your hands. And we will talk to you next week. Goodbye.